Welcome to Talking Business with Kobe Simmet. That's me, I'm your host. In this episode, I'm gonna to talk to you about how to sack someone nicely. A topic that we don't touch on very often because it can be a little bit uh, curly in terms of some of the questions, but I think that I have learned over the years some great ways and some, some tips and tricks and advice uh, that I, I've learned and lessons that I've learned over the years. So in this episode, I'm gonna be talking about my advice for you on how to tackle that really uncomfortable topic of, hey, it's not working out on our side. Maybe we need to think about parting ways. So listen up. There's gonna be some really great content in this. I've learned some really valuable lessons. I've, I've lost a lot of money in the process of doing this. So I will see you in this episode. Stay tuned. Talking business with Kobe Simmet. Hey, welcome back. I wanted to tackle this topic of how to sack someone nicely. I'm gonna get straight into it. It's a chapter in the upcoming book that we're gonna be releasing at the end of 2022. So look out for that in all your favorite bookstores. I wanted to just touch on the topic so that you can kind of get some early insights into this concept of how to sack someone nicely. But let me start with a story. It was about 2016. I was uh, running a really, really busy business or hectic business. We're getting really great growth. We'd had you know, some highs and lows. Uh, we'd onboarded a few great people. We'd also had a few people that were a bit of a challenge. And we'd, had, we'd come off the back of a couple of years of triple digit growth, so over 100%. So we doubled the business, then doubled the business, then doubled the business. Uh, so a lot of growth in the business. And it was becoming increasingly obvious that we needed to be more careful with who we held on in terms of the team and the team members, who we offboarded from the team and who we basically um, you know, let into the team, if you like, because it was becoming super critical uh, and we were becoming laser focused. Had a particular team member, and I won't name names, who was presenting some challenges. Um, in summary, they didn't really get the role. Uh, they didn't want the role. And one would argue that they probably didn't have the capacity to do the role. They certainly didn't have the emotional resilience to do the role. They didn't have the skill capacity to do the role. Now, ordinarily, I don't have an issue with that. I'm happy to train people, happy to be patient with people and give them you know, a push along the journey. But what they actually just wanted was some income uh, at a location that was very close to home. And so they had a job, five minutes drive from home, and they were able to just come. And essentially, because I was so busy, uh, they weren't being micromanaged. But it was starting to create some challenges in the team. Uh, we were seeing covert hostility. We were seeing this person causing problems with other team members. We were seeing this person really wasn't part of the team. And as the team was growing, they were really starting to struggle. And you know, I paid the price in terms of some costly mistakes made by that person and because I kind of said, you know, I'll give them another chance and I'll, you know, every time I sort of spoke to them and said, hey, you know, the, the, these results are not what we need. This is the, not the kind of behavior that I want. Those kinds of things with the, with the team member. Um, I was getting excuses. I was getting promises for improvement. And, you know, in a nutshell, the person was just not an A player. When I look at players on the team now, in hindsight, I, I put them into three categories, A players, B players, and C players. And this person was definitely a C, if not a D player, um, quite challenging, certainly not fitting well with the team. And I'm, you know, I don't like firing people. I didn't like firing people back then. The person wouldn't leave. You know, I didn't know how to kind of professionally manage someone out of the business. And so it really came down to a point where this person, you know, literally was just not doing their job. Um, and, and we had a moment 
or a couple of days in, in one particular week where the person just didn't even show up for work, didn't answer their phone when we called, didn't respond to emails, didn't respond to messages. The person was just basically missing in action. They hadn't put in for sick leave, hadn't put in for annual leave. They had basically abandoned their post. Now, as far as the employment laws go in Australia, when someone abandons their post, then you know if they're a full-time employee and they just don't show up for work, then their employment can be terminated. But I wasn't absolutely crystal clear on what the rules and regulations were, and I just didn't know where I sat in terms of this particular situation. So when the person did finally arrive back to work, I was able to kind of sit that person down in a meeting room and ask them some questions. You know, how are you going? What's been happening? What's going on in your life? What's on your mind? You know, and what else is on your mind? And, and is there anything I can help with? And so what, you know, was brought to light in that conversation was, you know, I don't like the job. I don't want to do it anymore. I want to do a different job. I need the money to pay my rent. I need the money to look after my, you know, mid-20s daughter who doesn't have a job. I've got to fund her. Um, I'm a single parent. Um, and, and the reality that I heard, you know, through the grapevine, through rumors and through little sparrows whispering to me was that this person had been on a three-day bender on drugs and alcohol, you know, in, through the local establishments. And I was getting that not only just from team members because the person was bragging, but also from friends and family in the community as well, that one of my employees had been on this crazy bender. But the story I was given in the meeting, which I, I honestly listened to and thought it was true, uh, was, was not entirely correct. So I think, you know, reading between the lines, um, you know, that we, we, we had somebody who wasn't contributing value to the team, certainly not the value that we were paying for. When it comes to employees and, and as a leader or team members, we forget that we're exchanging money for completed productivity or completed tasks. Now, if it's a coffee shop and you're paying the barista to make coffees, you're exchanging a certain amount of money to stand at the coffee machine and make coffees or make the coffee orders that come through for the day. Pretty straightforward. When you're in a professional services business like we're in or a, or a, or a, you know, a larger corporate office, it's a bit harder to nail down exactly what productivity looks like. However, we still need to think about it. So I was paying this person $2,000 a week to do a particular job. And if I won't say what the job was because that'll give away and I don't wanna name this person in this particular podcast. I just wanna talk about the situation, but I was not getting what I needed for my $2,000 a week. Now, $2,000 a week, you do the maths, it's over $100,000 base salary. It's a lot and it's a professional person. So you expect to see a good amount of results. You also expect to see somebody who will play nicely with the other people in the business. Now, it's always good to have a bit of professional competition, but not toxic, covertly hostile behavior. So the reality was I wasn't getting fair exchange. I wasn't get, getting an adequate amount of exchange in terms of productivity or results for the $2,000 a week I was paying this person. So I think you've got to start with this situation or the lesson that I've learned is that you've got to start with this situation and say, okay, well, how much am I prepared to pay for these particular tasks? And then who's gonna be the best person to sit in that seat, if you like, that gets it, wants it, and has capacity. So. Here are my tips in terms of how to fire someone um, nicely or in a nice way. Uh, it starts with taking 100% responsibility for the situation. Because you hired this person in the first place, you are to 
completely to blame for this situation. You're completely to blame for bringing the person on board. You're completely to blame for not managing the person to get optimum performance. So start with the deficiencies and ownership and look inside yourself first. Then it's much easier to go out and have the conversation and start with this conversation to say to the person, look, I need to sit down and have a talk to you. I'm not very good at this. I don't like firing people. I don't like discussing employment with people. I don't like hiring people, Um, but I need to have a conversation with you. I'm not very good at it. I'm learning to be a leader. I've had no one to really follow at this stage. There's no courses in hiring and firing that you can do as part of your degree. And so as the business is growing, I'm figuring it out as I go. Just in the same way, when you came into the interview, you said, just give me a go at the role. I'm going to learn and I'll figure it out. So I'm doing that too. I'm figuring out how to be a leader. I'm figuring out how to be a better leader. I haven't managed this many people before or I have. But I think if you can be vulnerable and you can say, look, I take 100% responsibility for this situation, but I need to have an uncomfortable conversation with you. It's not working on my side. I've got an expectation that I pay you a wage and salary. And the expectation is that you deliver a certain amount of productivity and results in exchange for that. As well as the results, I need you to play nicely with the other people in the business. And I don't know how to say this to you other than be straightforward that I'm getting complaints about you and I've got issues with covert hostility. And so I'm not very good at having this conversation. I'm 100% to blame for it but hiring is guessing and firing is knowing. And so it has come to a point where basically there's a breach to the employment laws, you've abandoned your post or you haven't delivered the results. And so I'm going to need to terminate your employment. Now, there is some gray area around professional warnings and, and warnings for unemployment, for unemployment. And you, and the disclaimer here is you do ne- need to check the employment laws and regulations for your jurisdiction, where you are and for your industry and your location, your country, your town, wherever you are in the world. But for us here, there is two things. One is abandonment of post and two is gross misconduct. And gross misconduct is the type of conduct here in our in our definition in our definition in our employment laws of of not completing the work professionally and achieving the results that are expected of the position that causes financial damage or otherwise damage to the business. So this person fit they met that criteria in two parts. And so I was able to terminate their employment and I said, "Look, I'm really sorry. I shouldn't have hired you." you know, you didn't really fit the criteria, but I wanted to give you a go. That's 100% my fault. It really goes back to day one. Um, and I apologize for that. And and I apologize for letting this go on for too long. And I apologize for not coming and speaking to you about it earlier, but I, you gave me promises that you were gonna improve and you didn't. If you do need to do warnings, you can do them in the same way. Three warnings, three strikes, you're out, however you'd like to set it up in your organization. But Assure yourself and and get confident in what the rules and regulations say, and then have that vulnerable conversation. And I'm not saying they're gonna thank you for it, but often people who who are really struggling, who don't get it, don't want it, don't have capacity, are kind of waiting to leave it up to, you know, something to happen before they make a change. Now they may have already been, they will have been thinking about getting a job somewhere else. Maybe they've been looking, but they haven't taken it very seriously because they've just been cruising along and they're like, well, I'll just do for it, do it for as long as I can. I'm going to take the piss. So it's really up to you to decide, you know, metaphorically, we say here in Australia, taking the piss or they're, they're just kind of stretching it out for as long as possible. 
But you do want to take that moment and say, actually, it's not working for me. I'm not getting my return on investment. And so I need to terminate your employment to make the space vacant for somebody else to come in who's more effective. So we'll quickly finish up this point with A players, B players and C players. Anybody that can, you can coach and, and the person takes the coaching and you see their performance improve and they get better and better and more efficient, that's a B player. But people who don't take the coaching, don't take the advice, are covertly hostile, they're C players. You have to offboard C players. Now, whether it's making them redundant or firing them or terminating their employment, you've got to make that decision for you. But you've got to get C players off your team as quickly as possible because they hold back the B players and the A players. How they hold back the B players is the B players see that the person doesn't really have to deliver and, and they're all a bit demotivating, covertly hostile. So they stand back. They don't push themselves out of their comfort zone. And the A players, they just get frustrated with the C players because they feel like they're doing all of the work. And I can honestly say that I can think of A players that have left my team that I would dearly love to still be here. And they've left because I didn't deal with the C players. They've left because I didn't manage and micromanage these C players. I let them hang around and they handicapped the rest of the team. They created more of a handicap than they added value. Uh, to the business. And in fact, we would have been better off just not having those C players. So you fire and offboard C players, you coach and mentor B players, and you celebrate and reward A players. So that's really been my quick conversation on how to fire somebody or sack somebody in a nice way. If you want more, there's going to be more great information available in the book that's coming out at the end of December, in December 2022. Hopefully, that'll be when it comes out and it'll be in all your favorite bookstores. We'll definitely let all of our podcast listeners and our YouTube viewers know when that book comes out. So that's been How to Sack Someone Nicely. If you have got comments, a great place to message me is on LinkedIn or direct message me on Instagram. Lots of great things happening. My handle is at Kobe Simmet. This has been Talking Business with your host, Kobe Simmet. That's me. I'll see you next time. Bye for now.